Chapter 14 The Surprise Guest Christmas Night, 6.10 p.m., 148 Festive Lane Michael and Ariana stood on the step in front of the house, shivering and calling out to David. Ariana's tears froze on her face as she openly wept. Michael yelled out at the top of his lungs, David! Suddenly, a small image appeared from out of the darkness and moved toward the house. Wow, it was so cool. They all just kind of walk into the darkness and then disappear, said the familiar voice of David. Michael and Ariana ran to David and dropped to their knees as they embraced him. David, not realizing what was happening, started to apologize. I'm sorry, Mom and Dad. I didn't mean to worry you. I stayed right out front as you told me to. Michael picked up David in his arms, and they walked back into the house. As Michael put David down in the kitchen, Ariana leaned forward and unzipped his coat. Now, why don't you tell us what happened to you when you were lost yesterday and start from the beginning, she said. I was waiting for you to come back to get me by Santa's workshop, but you never came. Santa left, and a man told me I had to leave the area because it was closing. I remembered you saying you were going to the men's department, so I went there. I couldn't find you there, so I thought maybe you went back to the toys to look for me. But you weren't there either. Then I heard this loud voice come over the speaker system saying the store was closing. I ran out of the store and tried to find my way back to the car. I guess I got turned around, cause after I had walked for about twenty minutes, I ended up at the lake. Then what happened, David? I got scared, so I started to run back in the direction I came from, but I guess I got lost. I was freezing and hungry. I saw some men standing around a garbage can on fire, so I went over to them. They asked me where I was from, and I told them I was lost. They said they couldn't help me find my way home because they didn't want to get involved with the cops. They let me share the fire and made me a hot dog. It was really cool, Dad. This one guy put the hot dog on a stick and then held it over the fire. It was the best hot dog I ever had. That's because you were so hungry. Go on, then what happened? Then I got sleepy and laid down on some cardboard boxes. I guess I fell asleep because the next thing I remember was that some other kids were trying to take my coat off. I woke up and started yelling at them and fighting to keep it. They were dragging me through the snow and the slush. That's how I got all wet. Then they all stopped and ran off. It was as if they had seen a ghost, but it was only Martha. She picked me up, and then we started to walk home. It was snowing hard, but we just kept walking. We finally made it home last night. Why didn't you call us to come and get you? Ariana asked. I didn't have any money, neither did Martha. Besides, she said she was going to our house anyway. It wasn't that far of a walk. David, it's a good thirty miles from downtown to here. That is a very long walk. But it seemed like it only took a few minutes, Dad. It was really strange. I was warm when Martha put her arms around me as we walked. I don't remember being cold again until I left her side and ran into the house last night. Martha has that effect on people, Ariana said and continued. If we ever get separated again, you are to stay where I told you no matter what. 
Do not leave the spot that I told you to stay. You scared the hell out of us, David. But you never came back and— I know, David, and I told you I was sorry about that, but sometimes people miss each other when they are supposed to meet for one reason or another. Next time, if there is a next time, just stay where you are, okay? Okay, Mom, I promise. Can I go play now? Yes, you can go play, but play with something quiet. It's been a very long, hard day. David ran into the family room and started up his train set. Michael and Ariana sat at the kitchen table, and Ariana let out an enormous sigh of relief. I thought for sure we lost him again. I was positive that he had drowned in the lake, and the fact that he came home was nothing more than a coincidence, Ariana said. I know, I thought that too. How ironic that would have been. Then I thought, no, Martha would have said something to us. She would have known. I guess we overreacted. You know, that woman has become our guardian angel in the truest sense of the word. This house, the money, bringing our families together again, saving David. She is God-sent. I only wish there was something more we could do for her to show our appreciation. We couldn't begin to pay her back for her generosity and help over the last nine months. What else could we do? Martha asked us to love this house, keep it, make it our home, and not sell it for financial gain. We have done all of what she has asked us to do. Maybe she appreciates that, and she is paying us back for doing as we agreed. But you are right. I still feel like we owe her more than we could ever attempt to pay back. As Michael poured himself a cup of coffee, Ariana walked into the family room to check on David and Nicole. As she reached the entryway, she scanned the room and saw David playing with his train set, Nicole playing in her playpen, and a man sleeping on the love seat. Michael, come here a minute. Michael walked over to join her in the entryway. What is it? She pointed to the love seat and said, I think they forgot one. Oh, my God. He slipped through the all-shore-who's-going-ashore call. Michael walked briskly over to the man. Hey, hey, buddy, you have to wake up at 6.30. You missed the bus. The man woke and looked at Michael. Hey, how you doing? You're Michael, right? Yes, I'm Michael, and you're late. You gotta hurry or you won't be allowed to ever come back. The man looked confused as he rubbed his face. Why would I want to come back here when I live three doors down the block? I don't want to come back here. I don't even know how I got here in the first place. It became apparent to Michael that the man was drunk and was sleeping it off on the love seat. Come on, buddy, get with it. You need to get out of here to come back next year. The man sat up and pushed Michael away. Listen, my name is Danny Kowalski. I live at 160 Festive Lane. I have no idea why I came here last night, but I had a great time. And now I have to go home. Yeah, hilarious. Come on, let's go. Where are the trays you brought with you? Asked Michael. I didn't bring any trays. I didn't bring anything. I was walking home from church last night, and it was about 6.30. I suddenly turned up your walkway. It was like I wasn't in control of my own body. I followed a group of people inside, and I have been here ever since, he replied. Michael grabbed the man by the arm and walked him to the front door. A coat was lying on the floor, and Michael assumed it belonged to the man. 
he handed the coat to him. Now, get a move on. If you hurry, you can probably still catch up with the rest of them. They just left about thirty minutes ago. The man looked bewildered as he stepped out onto the step. He turned around and looked at Michael as the door shut closed. He turned and walked down the walkway to the sidewalk. He stopped for a moment, looked back toward the Carter residence, and scratched his head. He then proceeded to walk three houses down, took out a set of keys, opened the house's front door, and walked inside. He shut the door behind him and said, Oh, what a strange day, but it sure beats sitting here alone. And that older couple I met was nice, Arthur and Marie Campbell. I hope I see them again sometime. Back inside 148 Festive Lane, Michael shook his head. Crazy spirits. Hopefully he made it back okay. Is he one of your cousins? he asked Ariana. No, I thought he was part of your family, wasn't he? I don't know who he was. Maybe he was a lost soul that just found his way here by accident. Can any soul visit this house? I thought they had to be family or a friend of ours. You know, I don't remember if Martha mentioned anything about that. Gee, maybe Alexander the Great and Caesar will show up next year. Oh, Michael, don't talk like that. This house is only so big. That's all we need is to have thousands of souls showing up to this house every Christmas, or worse, every day. Martha said they could visit for twenty-four hours any time they wished, not just on Christmas. What if spirits just start showing up at the breakfast table every morning? Then what? she asked. <laughs> then you'd better stock up on pancake batter, because spirits just love them some pancakes, Michael replied as he laughed. Ariana playfully slapped Michael on the arm as she walked by on her way to the family room to check on Nicole. Michael sat down at the kitchen table and recalled the events of the last twenty-four hours. He couldn't believe what had transpired. He smiled as he thought about his family's faces that graced the presence of his home just hours ago. He thought about how great it would be to see them all again next year, and how nice it would be for Nicole and David to grow up knowing their grandparents. Michael stood up from the table and walked over to the family room. He peeked in and saw David lying on the floor next to his train set, fast asleep. Over on the couch, Ariana held Nicole and gently rocked her to sleep. Michael smiled and thanked God for the beautiful gifts he received this Christmas. Not the golf clubs and shirts that Ariana had purchased for him, but the love and joy of his family that he could share extraordinarily. Martha was right. The memories alone were worth a thousand neckties.